This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. On today's program, Dr. Roos shares four ways to hear God's voice throughout a lifetime. Let's join Dr. Nate Roosh right now to learn more. More than a one-hit wonder. More than a one-hit wonder. And so today we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 16. And I want to give you four ways to hear God's voice throughout a lifetime that you're going to see in Samuel's life just from this chapter, okay? First one is keep hearing. Everybody say keep hearing. So the, look at verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there. For I have selected one of his sons to be my king. Now, that king is going to be somebody special. We don't know who it is yet. We just know it's one of Jesse's sons. And what we see in this text is now by the time you get to 1 Samuel 16, Samuel is still listening to the voice of God. He's hearing it. He can still hear him. The old Verizon commercial. Can you hear me now? And he can still hear and pick up on the voice of God, even though time has passed. Even though he's accumulated now people that see him with respect. He's got people underneath his authority. He's supervising a nation. Even though he's now got all of these things that are developments in his life, he still has an ability to hear at this stage of his life. Samuel does. And what had happened in contrast was Saul had received a start where God had anointed the first king of Israel, but he no longer heard God's voice. In fact, Saul had begun to listen to other voices than God. He'd been listening to advisors. He had been going to uh, secret uh, uh, demonic uh, people that would consult the dead. He was literally searching out other voices to help him be a king. Now, what you see in the contrast here, I don't want you to miss out on, because in reality, all of us, go along life and we pick up different parts of our story. And in our story, things change, isn't that true? Things change. You didn't really understand what it was gonna be like when you got married, hello. You didn't really understand the gravity of having a kid. You don't really think about all that comes after that moment that perhaps you've dreamed about, but once you're in those moments, now you have all of the dreams come true. You've got more responsibility, more people pulling on you. And Saul was leading a nation, and he somehow stopped listening to the very voice he needed to keep going. And at some point, Saul muted God's voice. And at that same time, Samuel, who had anointed or began the journey for Saul in the first place, picked him out. Samuel never stopped listening. Do you see the contrast? There's a comparison between two different leaders at the same time. And Samuel never stopped listening to the voice. In fact, God says, I want you to go anoint the next king while Saul is still in office. And so Samuel 
he tells Samuel there in verses one and two, go take a flask with olive oil. And all that was is simply the prophet Samuel was expected to take oil and it was a symbol of, as he poured it over whoever that chosen one was, of God's anointing on that leader. That God was blessing them and that leader would have all of the resources of heaven behind that leader. And so he tells Samuel, I want you to go and you're to take that oil with you and once you pour it over his head, now it begins a new story for who the next king would be. So it's kind of an interesting moment. The point is, Samuel was at a point now in his story where, where he could hear from God so that the nation could move to the next part of the story. He's still listening to the voice. You know, you and I, at every stage of our lives, need to make sure we're still hearing his voice. Not just at the beginning of the semester when you're ready to do all of the homework this time and get A's. I used to tell students when I taught at North Central University, I used to tell them, look at your syllabus. And on there, there's a little thing that says due. It's due on such and such a date. That word due is not spelled D-O, it's spelled D-U-E. You don't start doing the assignment on the day that it's due. You have to prepare for that day. How many know what I'm talking about? If you're going to be ready to succeed on the day that God wants to speak to you, you have to live a life before that where you're hearing his voice. You're prepared for it. In Matthew 4, Jesus, when he was confronted by Satan after fasting in the wilderness, it says this in verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Interesting commentary, by the way. Who led Jesus into the wilderness? The Spirit. And he's going to have a conflict with Satan, right? Do you know the Spirit sometimes will lead you into conflict? That does happen, okay? It doesn't mean that you're going to lose when you get there if you're led by the Spirit, all right? Then Jesus led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. And for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. And during that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but what? By every word that comes where? From the mouth of God. Over the course of our lives, we are going to have moments where our desires, there's needs in our story. Jesus was in a place in the desert where he had not eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. How many know you're probably hungry? Some of you, you did a, a Daniel fast the last 21 days of fasting and prayer with us here at the church, and you're like, I'm really hungry, right? Um, of course he's hungry. Of course he wants food. That's what his body is crying out. And right at that moment that he has needs, that's when the devil comes in and says, hey, I got a solution for you. Just tell, turn those stones into bread and then you'll have some food. And it's a substitute for the word of God. Jesus responds to this opportunity with the word of God. And this is the reality. And, and I know this to be true. Uh, some things are blatant and some uh, uh, temptations and things that call out to you. 
and uh, when you're early on in the story, it's hard to say no to some things that you said yes to before following Jesus, and you're in the middle of that, and in the middle of it, you have a legitimate need that you better not meet Ill- illegitimately, that you have a need, but your need is, I need to follow God's voice instead of that other thing that's offered to me, a substitute. And here's the thing, it can be black and white and easy. Hey, I know I should not be doing uh, drugs and I shouldn't be drinking, so I'm not gonna do it. But how many know the temptation will still come? And early on, that's a big battle, and it's hard to overcome, but by grace, God can help you through that battle. We have many people that are recovered and set free from alcohol addiction and drug addiction and sex addictions in our church right now, and they are shining symbols of the glory of God and the mercy and the blood of Jesus over their life. You too can make it, all right? But at the same time, once you get over the biggies of your past, as you move forward and you're serving the Lord and you're living righteously and you have integrity, now later on, now you've been serving the Lord for 10 or 15 or 20 or 25 years, you go to church, you're in your business, you now have more money, you have more resources, you have more ability to do things, and it, it, it isn't as hard to be a Christian. But you have new legitimate needs that emerge. And right about that time, Satan will come along and offer you something that he wouldn't have offered you before. But he offers it you now, and you have a choice to make. Am I going to take success as my food or the word of God as my food? Am I going to take other people's opinion of me as my food or am I going to take the word of God as my food? Am I going to listen to what God wants me to do or am I going to listen to what Satan wants me to do? And here's the challenge. The challenge is at every stage to make sure that you're still hearing the voice of God. Everybody says, keep hearing. Keep hearing. Number two, you want to hear God's voice through a lifetime, keep faithful. Look at verse two. But Samuel asked, how can I do that? What God was telling him to do. If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Legitimate. Take a heifer with your cow, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. This is interesting because what Samuel had to do is he had to learn to say yes and be obedient to all the little things throughout what God had talked to him about. He had to be faithful to all of those things. To be faithful isn't just to hear it, but to do it. And for one way or another, Samuel was able to keep faithful to the voice of God. And this is how I want you to consider this today. There's a day coming that God has future things for you to do in your story. But in order for you to be ready when you get to that moment, you got to be faithful now. If you're going to be faithful now, then you better look at your own life and go, am I building my life in a way that I can maintain faithfulness? So this is why at the church, it is a big deal to come to church. It's a big deal to listen to the word. It's a big deal to be connected with other believers. But my dream isn't that that you just go to church like a, a movie where you sit You watch something on the screen, listen to the pastor yell at you for about 30 minutes, and then you go home. 
My dream is that there is relationship between you and other believers in Christ, that you can pray together, as the scripture talks about. That's why we talk about redwood faith here at the church. Redwood faith is real simple. If you take the image of great big redwood trees in the redwood forest, they go hundreds of feet tall, and the root system goes only eight to 10 feet deep. But the way that those trees have withstood the, the, the storm was coming off the coast for hundreds of years is that their roots are all interconnected. It's the strength of the relationship to the other trees that keeps each individual tree strong. You and I need relationships with other believers. So we talk about connect groups, and, and not just connect groups, but spiritual relationships in our story. If we're going to remain faithful, we need each other. Can I get an amen to that? We have to have that. And to have long-term faith, we got to keep our commitments and follow through on what we said we were going to do. And even when it's not fun, and even when we lose a little bit of the joy, we got to persevere through the difficult times. For Samuel, by the time he gets to this spot, there's a king that's in the office. And if you can think of it like Jerusalem is like Washington, D.C. And God says, I want you to go to this town and go sacrifice something in Jesse's house and pick the next king out. It's not like King Saul is out of office yet. And so Samuel is like, honestly, God, I'm scared. Saul will kill me. And to be faithful requires courage. If you're going to be faithful, you're going to face some scary stuff, and you got to have strength and courage in you to persevere. Now, what you do with your fears is you take them to the Lord. You say, Lord, I'm scared with this. I'm scared, but I need your help. And the cool thing is God provides a plan for Samuel. He says, this is what you're going to do. Go under the cloak or the disguise or the cover story. You're going there just to do a sacrifice in his house. In other words, you got a cover story. God gives him a plan. All of us have fears. Okay, listen, if you want to do the right thing, some of you are afraid of losing your friends. You're afraid of something that would happen with your children. If you're going to persevere and move through, maybe you're facing different difficulties and fears about what would happen in your story. And I want you to know the place to take your fears is not to hide them in your heart or throw them on Facebook. The place to take your fears is to the Lord. Give me an amen to that. And when you take them to the Lord, you can take courage from the Lord to face it down. You can have that courage to face your fears. This is what faithfulness is. In fact, it says right at the beginning of verse four, so Samuel did as the Lord instructed. In order to do and have courage, we have to obey. Everybody said obey. We have to have the ability, even if there is fear, to obey in spite of the fear and do what God is calling us to do. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter seven. He said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it, it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. 
In other words, we've got to stay obedient, stay obedient, stay obedient. Do what God is saying to us. And if you're in doubt about what God is saying, open the book up, baby. Read through it and you will understand and discern. And listen, those who listen and obey, there's a blessing that comes with it. God is with you. And Jesus is saying you got to stay on the track. Don't get off track. Don't take sidesteps. Don't compromise. There's a Chinese proverb that says a millimeter discrepancy leads to a thousand mile loss. What starts off as a small departure from obeying God turns into a long-term loss, leaving his voice. The third thing that we can do is we can say, we can keep speaking. So if we're gonna hear God's voice for a lifetime, we gotta hear him, we gotta obey him, and, and we've gotta be faithful to him, but we also gotta speak and keep speaking. Look at verse five. It says this. Yes, Samuel replied, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. And when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the what? The heart. And then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shemia. But Samuel said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. Now Samuel's listening for which one is the guy. He walks in the house and he doesn't know. He knows he's one of Jesse's sons, but he's listening for which one is it. He goes through seven sons. And he discovers that God gives him some really important information. That information is when you're looking, I'm not looking with the same criteria that you're looking with. I see people different. How many know God sees beyond what we see? He sees, how many are glad he saw something in us when we didn't see anything in ourselves? He sees beyond it. He sees our heart. He knows our mind. He sees it. And he's telling Samuel, listen, don't look the way other people look. And I would say that to you, church, as well. When you're looking at situations or you're looking at people, don't look the way everybody else looks at them. Don't just have the same criteria for judging others. You should be able to follow God's way. God sees the heart. He knows the mind. And yes, we then have to hear and we have to speak. And so we develop a rhythm of hearing God's words and stepping out and then communicating what we see. For Samuel, he had to keep asking, who's here? Nope, it's not this one. Keep listening. Well, nope, it's not this one. And so when he heard from God, he spoke. And he spoke in such a way that he was listening for what God wanted him to do. In verse 10, it says, in the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. And then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. This is a moment. And in this moment, 
we finally realize it's not all these other sons. It's this one that's forgotten in the field. How would you like to be David where your own dad didn't consider you a part of the candidates? Some of you in here, you feel like you've been overlooked throughout your life. Nobody notices you. You can identify with David in this story. That somehow you're just kind of bumbling along. Other people get noticed. Other people get picked. Other people get special treatment. You're wondering what's going on. I want you to know, even when it seems like everybody else is noticed, God still sees you. He still notices you. You're not forgotten. But that place that he was in, taking care of sheep, was God's training ground for him to become a king over the whole country. So it wasn't lost space. It wasn't wasted time. There are no wasted moments in God's kingdom. He will weave everything together for the good. Even the stupid junk you did, he'll weave it together for the good. So he's out there. And finally, Samuel's listening for who, where is he? And in comes David, okay? And then this is what I want you to catch. There's a responsibility of the servant of the Lord. If you're going to stay in the long run, you have to learn to keep speaking. You have to be faithful to hear God's voice, and you have to speak it. But you will never be able to communicate or speak life if you don't persevere. If Samuel doesn't persevere, David would never receive God's announcement. This is where I want you to catch. Some of us in here, you're like, okay, I'm in church today. I'm really happy I'm here in church today. But my dream for you as a pastor is that you have a lifetime of following Jesus through ups and downs. Because there are people down the road that are waiting to hear from you because you're hearing from God. And if you can make it through this next decade, there's a better day for that person. It matters that you stay in the journey. It matters so that when you do care, you can speak life into that person. And then on top of that, you've got to learn to become like Samuel. Because Samuel was in the story, and if I were Samuel, I would want it to be all about me. But on this story, I can't be about me. I've got I've to notice the one that God wants me to communicate with. And I've got to be ready to speak life over that person. I've got to communicate God's words of life. And in this generation, when our mouths are being used to communicate cutting words and bringing people down and kind of divisive type of vocabulary where people are judging one another and political parties and different groups of socioeconomic status, everybody is hating on everybody. We're a nation full of haters. But if you've got a mouthful of hate, you can't give life to the world that is around you. You've got to get rid of the disloyalty, rid of the gossip, rid of the slander, so that you're ready to give the life that God wants you to give. Can I get an amen to that? You've got to be ready. So you've got to keep speaking. Everybody say keep speaking. And then fourth and the final thing that we see in Samuel that we can have if we want to hear God's voice through a lifetime is we need to keep investing. Keep investing. Verse 12. So Jesse sent for David, and he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. And so as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of oil he had brought, and he anointed David with the oil. 
And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. And then Samuel returned to Ramah. So the moment finally comes, and he anoints King David. But I want you for a moment, if you can with me, to pivot the perspective of how you see yourself in the story. Many people, when they read this story, they see themselves only as David. And they think, you know, ah, I can see God notices me. I'm out in the field. I don't know what I'm going to be. And other people are picked, and God notices the heart. And we can go into kind of that mode where we only see ourselves as David. But what if for a moment you saw yourself as Samuel? What if you saw yourself as the person in the story that decade after decade you've been faithful? You know, if I were Samuel, at this point of the story, I've already anointed one king, God, and he screwed it up. And now you want me to go anoint the next king. And if I'm Samuel, like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not a candidate? Why aren't you going to use me in that story? But no, Samuel is so in tune with listening to the voice and obeying that it's not about him. And our lives can't be all about ourselves and what we get out of it. For Samuel, he had to hear from God. And because he heard from God, he was able to notice a king in a little boy. He was able to see something in someone else that nobody else saw. I think the work of being a prophetic person, person that listens to the words of God and the spirit of God and is able to communicate to the world around us, we've got to be people that are like Samuels. We've got to be Sams, if you will, where we're able to walk around through life and be faithful, but we can't get to the epitome, the height of our career And we're there so that everybody serves us. We've got to be at every stage of our journey so we can see other people, to notice others in the story, and to see God's call in their life. And I want to say this to you, the day is coming in your own story at every stage of the journey, even for me right now. This isn't about the moment where everybody looks Nate's way and Pastor Nate preaches and this and that. I, I, I could care less if my name is repeated. It is now the season and the stage of my life that I want what God wants in your life and in my team's life around me so they can be everything God wants them to be. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. You can learn more about the various ministries that Emmanuel offers and see Sunday services live every week. Check out emmanuelcc.org for details. Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.